This is a HeadGum Podcast. I have to say what I feel. Miami has so much appeal. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami, Miami, you've got style. Picture it, Los Angeles, 2016. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you will ever need to listen to. I'm H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And yo, this is a podcast where we watch an episode of The Golden Girls and then we talk about it. What? For any new listeners, that's not usually how we do our opening. But I am very urban. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, thank you guys for your patience, first of all, for this episode. Um, I, know I had a life to lead. You had a life to lead. Actually, I had a horrible life to lead. I got, I'm very sorry about that. I want to talk about we, it. We talked about it. We will talk. Let's, no, let's, I don't want to talk about okay, it. Okay, you don't no, have I to. No, I do want to talk about it. Okay. What but do you want to say? Continue. Go on. Well, I was just going to say I had, you know, I, I say we have, you know, conflicting schedules, but really you were just out of town leading a very busy life and yes. I was just around. Yes. Um, so I was actually, last week when we were supposed to record an episode, I was in New York, and then I was at this, like, retreat in upstate New York, where it was very, like, namaste, Jewish artists getting high by a river. That sounds amazing. It actually was. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and then I was in D.C. I was traveling. You were all. traveling a lot. And we yeah. were going to do another episode. Via Skype. Via Skype. But then when we went back and listened to the last episode that we did, it just didn't sound We don't want to do that to you guys. Great. And so we, I mean, it didn't sound bad, but it, like, it didn't just, sound great. It, yeah. it, was a, it was a thing that we had to do because we didn't want to, like, not do it. But at the same time, we had busy lives. Yeah. So, so but here we are. It so is, we're back. It's 9.13 p.m. the night before. Before this podcast goes up, yeah, Actually, this is, in a couple hours, yeah. this podcast will go up. So this, this is, is like the freshest live, the freshest podcast you guys. We will could ever start get. doing these live, you know. We could start doing these live. That's I, would I you don't, guys like that? Let us know. You I should comment on um, our Twitter and Facebook page and all that. Let yeah. us know if you think we should do like live recordings in right now happening. Like we we should also tell everybody about how I thought I was. We both thought I was a ghost. Yeah. So the, about we, five we minutes this, ago, uh, we use this <laughs> microphone. So like we're part of Headgum, which is amazing, and they have a studio that we can use. But we like the informality of my living room, and you can watch the television. It's very casual and Frasers here, whatever. So we use. So with our schedules, it's it's a lot easier. It ends up working here. Yeah. So, um, uh, but you can totally donate to the podcast and help us get better equipment. Um, But uh, so we use this mic, Yeti mic, and I had my setting on my computer set to the microphone recording. So when we recorded, we were doing test recordings. It sounded like my voice came out, and yours was like this distant ghost. Yes, it was. Yeah, because we didn't realize that the your voice was going into the microphone attached to your we headphones. We were legit freaking out. We, I really thought I was a ghost. I thought this was like a spoiler alert. Yeah, I'm Bruce Willis and I'm suddenly realizing I'm a ghost. Spoiler alert for a film that came out 17 years ago. I'm just trying to be polite here. If you haven't seen The Sixth Sense... It's your own goddamn fault. Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. The whole time he was dead. Um, so anyway, yeah. But don't tell him who Kaiser Sose is. No, I won't. Um, Kevin Spacey. Uh, <laughs> so d- whatever. Just whatever you do, don't say what Rosebud is in Citizen Kane. It's a fucking sled. <laughs> Welcome to Movie Spoilers with Carrie and H. Allen Scott. Uh, anyway, I'm not a That's ghost. That's one of my favorite movies. I'm not a ghost. We thought you have to say it's one of your favorite movies. No, you don't. You don't. Actually, you don't. But like, you legit ob- don't. objectively, a lot of people would say, like Roger Ebert has said that 
that God. Citizen Kane was the greatest movie of all time. If you guys ever, this is totally not a Golden Girls moment, but if you ever want a book to read that you're like, that you can empathize with a human being in in a greater way, read Life Itself by Roger Ebert. Oh, it, I will, was... it will make you feel all of the things and then more things. If you want a good laugh, read his book, Your Movie Sucks, That's where he just talks about too. the worst books yeah. he's ever written. He literally movies. is a genius, was a genius <laughs> yes. writer. And when I, there's a, there was a blog post I did for Huffington Post that like, I just got so emotional when he died because he was so important. Roger yeah. Ebert, man, read his stuff. He's yeah. everything. Yeah. In college, I saw him, we watched a screening of Citizen Kane and he talked about it afterwards. Oh, it was amazing. God. Where yeah. at? For once, I get this. You've met, like, all the Golden Girls. Yeah. And I haven't met any of them or seen any of them ever in yeah, person. Yeah, you had the so Roger Ebert I get thing. this. I met Roger um, Ebert, too. I'm oh, damn Chicago. you. <laughs> okay, whatever. Let's get into our episode. Let's get into the episodes. Mother's Day. So which is just fitting, because Mother's Day was last Sunday. Mother's so. Day was two Sundays ago. Was um, it two already? Two Sundays ago. Wow. Um, today's <laughs> only Monday. I know. You're just getting back into town. So, guys, we just watched mm. season three, the finale of season three. Episode 25, Mother's Day, which aired on May 7th, 1988, and is the montage Mother's Day It has nothing episode. to do with that horrible piece of shit Gary Marshall movie um, that just came out. Oh, yeah. I heard... Also, okay, Julia Roberts looks... It, here's what's interesting about that. That I, I literally... I've seen the trailer. It doesn't matter. Julia Roberts' wig in that movie... It's the same as Notting Hill. Oh, I wasn't even thinking of that. In the I space was, scene in Notting Hill. Oh, like, you're right. Yeah. I was thinking it's the the exact hair cut and shape of the blonde wig that she wears in Pretty Woman, but it's the actual color of her real hair in Pretty Woman. Oh, interesting. And also I thought she looked a little bit like grown-up Ramona Quimby. I have no response. Okay. <laughs> it's Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. It's yes. Mother's Day. The women are all supposed to take Sophia to lunch, but... None well, of the kids have called. So to wish the entire them premise of this, Mother's I was Day. saying this when we were watching this. The entire premise of this episode is based on something that would be like total bullshit today. Waiting right. for someone's phone call. Right. Yeah. Also, in in not taking Sophia out yet because their kids aren't calling them, they're just sort of passing on the shitty treatment to Sophia. The kids are late in calling, so now they're late in taking Sophia out. It's the kids' fault. Well, if yeah. If the kids miss them. But they're all mothers. They understand. Right. But, like, call your mom first thing in the morning. You know, it's lunchtime. I don't call think I mom. did. I think I called. <coughs> I don't know when I called my mother, but I don't think it was early in the day. I think it was probably at, like, the last minute before she went to sleep. Oh, I I'm called my mom son. as soon as I woke up. Because she's in on the East Coast, so she's three hours ahead. Mm. And she was not home or around, so I didn't talk to her until later in the day. But mm. I tried. I really tried. Um, so, yeah. So none of the kids have called. And But then, I just feel so bad for Sophia in this episode because she says that she actually has to trick Phil to call her every Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And so she, the, the phone rings, which, by the way, throughout this entire episode, I noticed any time the phone rang, the person for whom that call was meant for was the person who answered the phone. Well, that's just convenient. So there was never like a, hey, it's so-and-so for you. Oh, actually, except I think for this first one with Sophia. But every other child oh, yeah. that called, it was the woman who answered the phone. It Just a lot of very well-timed things in this episode. <laughs> um, so Sophia, it's Phil for Sophia. She gets on the phone, and he's called her under the guise of like, it's some duchess calling him or something. She's, yeah. He's been tricked. Sophia picks up the phone and she goes, 
Hi, Phil. It's me, Mama. I love you. Send my love to the kids. And, and he just hangs up. I mean... Let's be real. Phil has lived a life, an interesting life. And she also says the only time he ever calls her is to ask for money. Yeah, so Phil Phil has trouble. <coughs> Phil has trouble. And, and it probably stems from a lack of, you know, social integration into his life. And that's why he's this awkward. I know. He's just... I'm giving a lot of credit to Phil. It's just so interesting that they talked... Like, this character was referenced so many times and was such, like, a colorful character on the show. Uh-huh. And they never... I'm taking off my cardigan because I am getting deep. Take it off. They... And then we never meet him. That, to me, was, like, the biggest disappointment. And Well, but that's know, a trope that happens in, like, that we never so many shows. Meet. There's always that silent or faceless person that you know, continues that that running gag that happens all the time. I mean, it had, like, a home improvement. You had Wilson. You had, like, there's so many... I guess, but then they did that whole episode... Well, Wilson was behind the fence. At least we saw him. He was a character. But even, like, Nanny from the Muppet Babies, she was legs. But I... for For them to dedicate an episode to Phil's funeral... You'd think that they'd be like, well, maybe we should at least have one episode where we meet Phil. And I get no. that the episode wasn't about him; it was more about Sophia. Yeah, you know, being you know dealing with the clothes, you know, just dealing with that, and also having to learn to accept you know Phil for who he was. But yeah. I don't know; it was very weird to do that without. I kind of like that we never Phil, saw Phil. Like met Phil. I, I, don't think I would like to have met him. Phil is Phil is more a catalyst for discussion. Uh, well, I mean, look at us. We are discussioning right now. Well, we do that with everything. Uh, we do. So <laughs> so this whole episode is a bunch of different flashbacks from the different women. And yeah. Sophia, out of Sophia saying that, you know, Phil only calls her to ask for money, Dorothy says, you know, I remember the first time I had to ask for money yeah. from Stan's mother-in-law. Yeah. Um, famous, famous actress in this flashback. Yes, well, Alice. Famous character actress. Alice Ghostly. Alice Ghostly, guys, has a long resume. Resume. She, she was in Bewitched. She was in a very important. She was in Greece. She was in Greece. She was in a very important episode of uh, the Twilight Zone. She was in the Graduate. She was in the Graduate. Yes. She. And, but 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 to Golden Girls fans, she is probably best known as Bernice in Designing Women. Oh, I thought it, it made it sound like you were just about to introduce no. her, like we had her on the podcast. Because P.S. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. According to her IMDb page, she's still alive, by the way, and she lives in Studio hey, City, which isn't far from here. Google her IMDb. She's a I, I just Googled it. Am I? The way that you were just announcing her, though, made it sound like she was on the show. She's like, yeah, dead. Yeah, had her here. No, she's alive. She's alive. Didn't she die recently? No, she was born in 1923. She is 84 years young. And she probably looks amazing. No, she's alive. I swear oh, she died. Oh, no, she did. She totally died. See, I knew oh, it. Oh, she died in 2007. I know, because I, I felt things. City. I felt things. Oh. I knew she died. God, she was so good. She was in Babes in Toyland. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that movie with Keanu Reeves and she Drew Barrymore? She was in a lot of stuff. Yeah. A, 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 she was in To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Damn. She did things. Also, but- fun fact, she plays Stan's mother in in the vein of Estelle Getty and B. Arthur, Alice... Alice Ghostly was actually ten, year. 10 years younger than, than Herb Edelman. No, she was one year younger than B. Arthur. Okay. 10 years younger than Stan. Yeah, but she's, the thing is with her, she is such an interesting, unique character. Oh, she actress was so that, good in I this. Mean, on Designing Women, do you know her from Designing Women? Did you no, ever watch No, I didn't Women? watch Designing Women. Guys, much. anyone out there who's watched Designing Women, which I know a lot of you have, um, she 
she I think she initially was just like a special guest star and she she stole the show in a lot of ways. She was just such an interesting, unique character that like there's one phrase in the last season, last episode I think, where it's like a Gone with the Wind themed episode and she <laughs> she sings this like the black guy um on the show, I forget his name. Uh, he recently died too. Yes. Um uh, oh, Taylor. Yes. But uh she he was carrying her and he was like she was like black man black man you can't do it black man and it was just like she just was uh, she was amazing. amazing well she's amazing in this episode I I love I wish she had her. more of a character but yeah yes. she, she definitely is I wish a character. she would have come back um so uh so the the whole like dynamic is um it, she it, loves the way Stan. that she Stan loves can do Stan. no wrong and Dorothy doesn't exist and Dorothy doesn't exist and the way that they they it, the on this show, we're never, like, super creative visually when we start or end scenes. You know, everything's very straightforward. It's yeah. a multicam, whatever. But this, to me, was, like, one of the smartest, funniest things they've ever done in terms of, like, just visual gags where the camera, the scene starts. We don't really know where we are. And the camera is just sort of panning around this one wall of a what we learn is a trailer park where Stan's mother lives. Yeah. And it's panning past picture, framed photographs of Stanley through the years. Yeah. He's a young boy, a young man, a little bit older. And the last one we land on, we finally land on Stan's face pressed against the screen of the trailer <laughs> door, which is framed in so much, like to make him look yeah. like he's in a picture frame. Yeah. I just thought, you know what? That was a director going, I'm going to take an extra minute and yeah. think of a fun way. Because I bet the script just said like, Frame photos of Stan are all around the trailer. Stan's at the door. You know, I don't know. Maybe it was in the script. But yeah. it's a very fun visual, and I like that they took the time to think of something clever to yeah, do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So Dorothy and Stan show so up Dorothy, with a gift. They, they have a gift. It's um, artwork of uh, Adolf, Adolf Hitler. Hitler. Um, <laughs> and, and Stan is insistent that uh, it's a gift. She says, oh, thank you, Stan, as if it's only a gift from Stan. And, and Stan's all like, D- it's from Dorothy, too. Mm-hmm. And she just doesn't acknowledge. It's very similar to Sophia's relationship to Stan in that she doesn't even acknowledge Stan's worth in the world. You know, it's it's Stan's mother's the same way with Dorothy. Yeah. Um, and Dorothy, in many respects, is okay with it because she doesn't like her either. Yeah, I mean, she's trying, though. She's trying, you know? but you can tell she also doesn't give any fucks. Yeah, she's kind of like, eh, and... So they, the two of them need to ask for money, and Stan says that he, like, he can't ask his mother for money, so he makes Dorothy do it, because, like, oh, you know, if my, if my mom knew that I needed money, she'd be worried, this or that. But, like, she, he also has to realize Dorothy and Stan are married. If yeah. Dorothy's asking for money, it's because they need money as a married couple. Yeah. So I don't know how great that logic was, but... Um, Stan's a pussy! Yeah, he's a big puss. Um... So he has a, a work phone call that he takes out of the trailer, and uh, there's this wonderful moment where um, Stan's mom brings out a couple of teacups, and yeah. she says, here's, here's tea, and she puts them down in front of her and Dorothy, and she's got her little tea bag, and Dorothy goes, mine's just water, and she takes... The mom takes her tea bag out of the cup, yeah. dips it once in Dorothy's cup, like very, like... Like harshly, almost yeah. like a quick dip, and then puts it back in her. That cup. must have taken timing to do because that's. I mean, tea bags are notoriously, you know, all over the place. They can't. Be, <laughs> are they? Yeah, because you pick them up and they swing. <laughs> they swing, and so like for her to be able to pick right. it up, put it in that cup, put it back. That that is not easy to do. I love though that you're like 
Those tea bags are notoriously you know hard what to it's control. Like when you take a tea bag out of a cup, it's just like wet yeah, and just like sure. water goes. There's tea everywhere. What the fuck's going on? Like, yeah, that's, that's what happens to me at least. I can tell you how I many just bumper stickers on the backs of cars that I've just seen. You know, it'll say like you know Hillary, you know whatever, and then it'll just be like tea bags. Aren't those things crazy? <laughs> you, you just put tea bags and Hillary together, which I have a feeling some people might think of as sexist. Uh, no, I was just trying to think. Tea bagging Hillary. Well, I was thinking of. Carrie went there. <laughs> I was thinking of the back of your car because you oh, have a yeah, Hillary bumper sticker. Me too. Um, now we're gonna now we polarized the entire audience against me up against Bernie people. Bernie people, if you're listening to this podcast, <coughs> I don't care. Well, there you go. <laughs> So, um, so Dorothy is like, you can tell she doesn't want to do it, but she asks the, she asks Sans mom for the money and she's like, yeah, I'll give it to you. And yeah. she, they need $500, which yeah. in 1988, that's a lot of money. She's like, yeah, I'll give it to you. Is it? And $500? I mean, she, the woman lives in a trailer park. That's true. Why are they going to a woman with a trailer park yeah. to ask for money? She's, yeah, she's yeah, in okay. a trailer. Yeah, it Got is it. weird that they're asking her for money. Um, but she says, yes, yeah, she'll give it to her, but she can't tell Stan and she pull, she lifts up her dress and she pulls the money. It's like in her stocking. And she's like, "Here, here's a thousand. And uh, and Dorothy's so confused because she's yeah. like, "Wait, what? And, Why is this so easy?" Yeah. And she said, she says, um, but she says, but you can't tell Stan it came from me. And why did she say that? Because I don't want him to think uh, that she's like enabling him. Or what was? Or it? that I don't, I don't, I can't remember what she said, but. Um, but then Dorothy said, I, I always thought that you didn't like me. And she says, of, of course I like you, Dorothy. But if Stan knew how much I liked you, he'd be hanging around all the time. <laughs> Which, knowing the character of Stan is perfectly yeah. sound logic. Totally. That absolutely makes sense. My rice is done. Oh, wonderful. I was that wondering was that what beat. that sound was. Yeah. Um, would you like to get it? Do you want to take a break from the pod? No, I think it's rice. It's going to be fine. Okay. I just wasn't sure how hungry you were. Oh, I'm not. Okay. Is I'm it- making it for the week. Oh, yeah. how much rice is it? It's um two cups worth, so four okay. servings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brown or white? Brown, long grain. Good. Oh, good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. Is it a quinoa blend or? No, I am not that much of a douche. Are you? I just <laughs> have regular brown rice. Do you have a rice cooker? I do. Do you like the rice cooker? Does it get it nice and fluffy? And it does make it very fluffy. Rice is very hard to cook. That's why I don't cook it much. I don't know why you don't cook it much because it is not hard to cook. Well, it is if you don't have a rice cooker. I just always find that I'm having to constantly go back to the pan and take off the lid and add more liquid and I'm stirring. Well, and it's tip just... for you, madame, is to add the liquid in, which is always one cup to the... Well, yes, but I always end up having to, to add one. more. Always end up having really? to add more. Yes. You put some butter in it. Yeah, I always end up having put to... Put a little thing of butter in it. It makes it nice like and Like a moist. pat of butter or like yeah, a dab of butter? Yeah, just however much you like. Like I put like just like two little things in the actual pot as it's cooking and it just creates this nice salty, buttery sort of like texture. And I, I swear it does something to the rice um, as it's cooking. Guys, welcome to the Best Way to Cook Rice <laughs> podcast with HL and Scott and Carrie Doherty. I should, I actually was for a very long time. Next week, we're going to talk about crock pots. I'm actually very good at crock pots. I too. am too. Uh, I cook so much in a crock pot. I 
make the meanest beef stew. So much in a crock pot. Well, what else do you cook in a crock pot? Beef stew, chicken soup, and, and chili. No, you can do more than that. You can well, actually make desserts in a crock pot. And I make a sick beef ragu. And the oh, way it's because you get a you get a chuck steak. You get like the cheapest cut of beef. Yeah. And you just put it in for eight hours, and it's like it's you're peeling it apart with a fork at the end of the night. Yeah. Good no, I consider ragu. doing a cooking podcast, a food podcast, <clears throat> because I I I'm, I I know food very much. My mother was a baker. I know how to cook. Thing. That's what I did because my mom wouldn't let me bake. But then I actually knew how to bake, so it was like I'm a man of all things. Yeah. Your voice is getting very quiet. I hope yeah. people on the podcast. Can well, I don't want to do it because whenever I talk with my mother, I know my mother listens, and whenever I talk, she always gets very sort of like, "Mom, I'm calling you out." She always gets very sort of like protective of her bakingness, and I don't think she likes that her offspring have uh, picked up the at least some of her offspring. I don't know if my brothers can, but have picked up. The ability to do that mm-hmm. and then also do other things better. <laughs> so I'm not a better baker. I'm a better cook. Sorry, Mom. But She also might be offended that you called it her bakingness. <laughs> her bakingness. Does your mom listen to the podcast? Yes, she does. Hi, Jalen's mom. Yeah. My yeah. mom, I don't think my mom's ever listened to the podcast, but I don't know that she knows how. My mother, we're just talking about my mother. My mother literally doesn't understand how it's fine, to. It's fine, it's a Mother's Day episode. Doesn't, it's true. Doesn't know how to download the podcast, but she will go to the computer, go to the website, and sit there Aww. in front of the computer for the hour to listen to wow. us talk and just not move. That's a, that's yeah. that's. Whereas we, she loves her we do son. podcasts in like we were very oh I listen to the car I listen whatever laundry walking around yeah, yeah doing a thing no my mother will sit there in front of her computer nothing else will be open and just listen hi mom um I didn't I don't mean to say you're not you are a great baker you're just a shitty cook I would um, like to try anything what's your mom's first name Kathleen Kathleen. Kathleen, I would like to try anything <laughs> that you bake at any point. I bet it's wonderful. She does make very good, and a lot of people don't know what this is, but minute steaks. I don't know if it's just a Midwest thing. Guys, this is this is Mother's Day. This is appropriate. Um, uh, minute steaks are, it's the cheap, it's basically for poor people, which is what we were are. Um, you take the cheapest cut of steak of the pork loin, you just and you pound that shit down. You know, you pound it down. Um, and you make a little roux from the sauce that it stews a in. A roux McClanahan? A roux McClanahan, yes. And you put in, it's essentially like a stew in a pot. You put in like, or in like a cake pan. You you put in like carrots and potatoes and some onion seasoning. And and I, my, my mother hates this, but I put in garlic to it now. And you just like put it all in there and it creates this like really nice, just moist, like piece of meat. And the I'm going to let you say potatoes. moist this one time because it's about <sighs> a steak. It's so good, guys. It's so good. I'll make it for you sometime. All right. It's, I would love it. It's a it's a very hearty meal. I would love it. All right. Moms are the best. <laughs> okay, let's get back. So the so, women, so they come back from, the, she takes the money, whatever, they come back to the, to, right. to the IRL. Well, here's, here's my question, too, about, uh, on, on Stan and Dorothy. So Stan's mom gives Dorothy $1,000. Uh, Stan comes back in, and he's like, He's like, so? And Dorothy's like, ah, it didn't work. We'll figure out a way to get the money. What's Dorothy going to tell Stan when she has, a, now she has $1,000? What's Stan, she going to tell him? No, there's a lot that Dorothy never told Stan that Dorothy just did. Um, I think that there's a lot that Stan didn't tell Dorothy. Well, yes, we know that. Mm-hmm. We know that. But we also know that, like, Dorothy probably knew her ways. She knew how to get around it. I mean, that's sort of what a lot of this episode is about, about mothers sort of, like, 
working around their relatives. You I know guess. what I mean? I guess. But there's a funny moment at the end of the scene where they leave and Stan's mom puts all of the frame photos of Stan in boxes. Yes. Like, oh, thank God he's gone. And she puts them all in. So, like, she doesn't even like her son. Yeah. She goes to a lot of trouble to make him think that. Which, That's sweet, though. Which is very, very sweet. Yeah. Um, so now we're back in the kitchen. The phone rings. Rose picks it up, which is perfect because the call's for her. Yeah. It's her son, her son Charlie, yes. which I don't think, <coughs> I want to say this is the f- Maybe the first and last time a son named Charlie is mentioned on the show. Yeah. I mean, there's the granddaughter named Charlie. We know she has a granddaughter named Charlie, but this is Charlie Jr. And I do know that, like, on the IMDb page, I think for the show, that there's always a question about how many children Rose actually has, and there's, like, some that she mentions and never talks about again. So, I don't know. For a Mother's Day episode, it's like, let's go with a child that we've already met on the show. Yeah. Um, So then we get into... uh, we now we now get into Blanche's yes. uh, Mother's Day story, which I the whole time I was like I just wanted the four year Emmy consideration. See, to flash that's funny up on the because screen. I even though I thought it was good, I kind of checked out. I didn't check out. I was trying to write notes. I checked out a little bit when she was telling the cheerleader story, yeah. but this scene, just acting wise, from an acting perspective. Rue McClanahan is so amazing. She's almost carrying this entire scene yeah, by is. herself. I think that's one of the reasons why I checked out was because there wasn't much action happening. It was very much, you know, there wasn't much interaction. It was, it was right. literally just like a slow conversation. I did perk up. It was like up. a monologue. It felt like a play. It, did, it, felt, it yeah, felt a little it bit like a play. It did feel very theatrical. I, I, the only time I checked back in was when she... <laughs> When the, the mother-in-law said something about being a slut, and she was like, oh, no, that was me. Oh, uh, it was so great. So yeah. she goes to visit her mom on Mother's Day, and I love when they bring her mother out. And the, the actress almost reminds me of the grandmother in Happy Gilmore. She's like this lovely, tiny, frail woman mm-hmm. who, this is the only time we ever meet Blanche's mother. She's got her hair like this. Mother-in-law. Oh, no, mother, mother, yeah, I think mother, it's her mo- mother. Yeah, her mother. She's got her hair in this nice, fancy updo. She's wearing a brooch. She's got this beautiful teal dress on. She has a shawl. She has gloves. Yeah. She has, um, like, nice earrings on. I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is Blanche's mother. Mm -hmm. She's this, like, vulnerable, frail woman, but yet, like, she still looks good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I thought it was just, like, a really nice um, balance. And so Blanche, we can tell when Blanche comes in to see her, her mother has, you know, some form of dementia, Alzheimer's. Um, she's sort of forgetting things and you can tell this really affects Blanche. Um, and I, I mean, I, my, my grandmother passed away my, my dad's mother passed away from Alzheimer's and I my was grandpa. like, your yeah. grandfather did. Yeah. It's like, it's a really sad thing. And I think mm-hmm. for anybody who's experienced this when the person sort of coming in and out or, and, and just even, just like they yeah. have that faraway look in their eyes, and like you know the person's in there somewhere. It's just it's like hard a very... though. I think I, I thought when I was a kid, I, I was a teenager when my grandfather passed away. He passed away on my birthday. Um, but I, it's one of those diseases where you, because so many things when people die of something, it's physical. Like you, you see the physical sort of ramifications of the disease. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Alzheimer's, you don't. You just it's sort of it's very mental. So in a lot of ways, you just want to like yell at them to snap out of it but they can't yeah. and it's it's uh I will say I think my hatred which you guys have seen this on the podcast many times of Ronald Reagan um 
uh, comes from my grandfather's Alzheimer's because that was the one thing. He remembered the past a lot better than he remembered the present. Mm -hmm. And he hated Ronald Reagan. Like, hated Ronald Reagan. But not for any reason, like politics wise he hated him because Ronald Reagan stole his woman <gasps> my grandpa what? dated Jane Wyman in Missouri before she was a big time actress in the yearling and other films and um and so they dated and then Ronald Reagan later married Jane Wyman and he thought that he so he hated Ronald Reagan. he even he even switched political parties later in life wow. against Ronald Reagan. He hated Ronald Reagan. So when he had when wow, he was, when you he guys was, have so much in common. We really already. do. So when he was really far into the disease, he wouldn't remember who I was. He wouldn't remember who anybody was. But he remembered how much he hated Ronald Reagan. Wow. And I think I've carried that on. I'm, I'm sure he'd be very proud of you today. He would be he carry that on. God, I hate that <laughs> fucking piece of shit. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, Blanche has brought her mother a present. She's brought her a handkerchief, and she says, "You know, you know, Mama, because a lady can never have, uh, you know, a never a lady can never have enough of uh, handkerchiefs and gentlemen collars," yeah. <laughs> which I love. Um, and then Blanche asks her mother if she remembers this particular Mother's Day when Blanche was in high school that she almost ruined because she almost ran off and got married with an older man uh-huh. named Deck or Dick. I can't Dick. tell with her accent. Dick. 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 Um, like, actors out there, if you need a good monologue for an audition, watch this scene. It's I would so love to see an good. actor try to do this. It's so good. It is really and good. And she gets up, and she has, like, a few, like, like stage directions where she, like, moves across the room, yeah. and then she stops over here, and it's just, it's so great. And she talks about the whole engagement, and I was writing down, I was actually doing math, figuring out Blanche's age during a lot of this monologue. We'll get to that. Um... So Blanche says that, like, when she was running off to marry this man and, and all of a sudden, you know, they get to a certain place and she goes, and Mama, there you were. I was ready for the fight of my life, but you just said, I'm just here to give you my blessing. That whole thing. And uh, because at 17, Blanche's mom didn't, you know, at 17, Blanche didn't want to do anything that her mom would give her blessing to. Yeah. So she, she calls off the engagement. She gives Deck Dick back Deck his... Dick. Deck Dick, she gives him back his, like, his, some sort of, like, medic Uh alert bracelet, which said alert deck on one side and allergic to the law on the other. Um, (laughs) And, uh, and they finish, she finishes telling her the story, and then this was the line that you liked, where the mother was like, wait a minute, I thought that happened to Virginia. Wasn't Virginia the slut? (laughs) And very proudly, she's like, no ma'am, that was me. (laughs) Yeah. So great. I love that so much. It brings, what I love about it is like here you have this sort of like long monologue and then it brings it back to like the character, the heart Mm -hmm. of the character, the absurdity of the character. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and again, we sort of started this scene with her mother being a little forgetful, which is like sad. Yeah. And then Blanche is sort of upset and she's like wiping a tear away and she goes to the window so her mother doesn't see her cry and her mother goes... That didn't happen on Mother's Day. That happened Christmas, nineteen forty nine, and uh, and she, you know, Blanche is so excited. She's like, "Mama, you're right." And she sits down, and they're hugging, and and she goes, "You know, I may not remember much, but I remember every stunt you ever pulled." <laughs> and she says, "Like, you know, I, I know I'm eighty three. And Blanche goes, "Oh, Mama, you're eighty nine. And she's like, "Blanche." If I taught you one thing, a woman never reveals her real age, (laughs) which is hilarious for her to say that because, as we know, 
Blanche, as a character, never reveals her age, but the writers in this scene, by saying Blanche was 17 and then her mom says this happened in the Christmas of 1949, means that she was born <laughs> in 1932. So in 1988, Blanche Devereaux was 56 years old. Mic drop. <laughs> I was doing a lot of math. That was a well. So Blanche is fifty-six. Is that a lot of math? No, it's, it's not. not. It's not. But I, I had mean, to write it all down to remember. You did have to write it down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was in the interactive math program in school. Imp. After pre-algebra, I went they into imp for four imp? years. They called it imp, which means small and dwarfish and weird. <laughs> so you know what? Yes, that was big math for me. You big were, math. You were an imp. I was an imp. So I didn't. T- I didn't take pre-calculus. I didn't take geometry. I didn't take calculus. I didn't take algebra two. It was all designed for kids who aren't good with numbers, like anything related to numbers and like science. I. <laughs> I'm bad at stuff like that. I'm, I was good with biology because I can physically look wait, at a body. Wait, wait, I'm just not bad. Wait, wait, I'm not wait, good wait, with wait, like wait, wait, equations. Wait. Equations. They Those are the things the, that bring me down. They gave the acronym for a class of, forgive me, <laughs> slow learners. No, not slow learners. Different learners. <laughs> different, different learners. We weren't number friendly. <laughs> Imps. <laughs> <laughs> No, we weren't imps. It was the interactive math program. Was anyone disabled in your class? No. Because then you could have some gimps and imps. (laughs) Were there gimps and imps? You are. You are awful. I love it. I'm going to snatch this now. Here's, (coughs) we would get math problems like, it would say like, you know, you're in a giant castle with the king, and he has this many bags of gold. Oh, it sounds like stuff for children, doesn't it? It does. It sounds like when this was in high school. It was in high school. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. You were a nymph. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. No one else cares about this. I can't. But it's really funny. I can't. I can't. Oh. I can't. All right. Whew. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. So we get, so the, whatever, this seems We're over. back in the kitchen. <laughs> We're back in the kitchen. They can't leave yet because no. Dorothy hasn't heard from Michael. I'm yes. assuming she's heard from Kate because she doesn't mention Kate. <coughs> Rose starts to tell the story of a time she spent Mother's Day with someone else's mother. Yeah. She's in St. Olaf. She comes into a bus station. It's the mm-hmm. same bus station they we've always seen. Use. It's yeah. always the same bus yeah. station. I love Rose's, like, winter knit cap. It's She's cute. got, like, it's very cute. She looks a very little... Very Mary Tyler Moore. It is very Mary yeah. Tyler Moore. Um, she sees this woman sitting on a bench alone. Who, in the future episode, will be the woman who um, wants to kill herself, and Sophia decides to join her in the death episode. Which I think, if I'm mistaken, is that the same as the AIDS episode? No, they wouldn't have done AIDS and assisted suicide in the oh, same episode. Right. <laughs> that, can you imagine? There's no way. No way. I bet the episode with the assisted suicide was like, Dorothy dates a clown. I bet it was like that one. I don't know. I <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't that one either. Assisted suicide and AIDS. <laughs> This is what happens, guys. When it this is what to happens when it's nine forty-six, and it's yeah. Okay. Um, so the woman <laughs> is the woman's not going to Saint Olaf, but not she's, the, she's not killing herself today. No, she's not killing herself today. <laughs> she doesn't have it. Although, oh, it'd be so sad because we, because uh, what we learn later, we'll talk about it. This whole ep- um, well, yeah, okay. 
So, but the one the woman's not going to Saint Olaf. She's she is going to see her daughter, but she has been to Saint Olaf before, and she says everyone there are idiots. I love how um, blunt she is about it. She's very blunt. Yeah. Um, Rose says, "Oh, but she said she knows people in Saint Olaf. She once went to a wedding, um, the wedding of Sonia, you know, something like Steffer Heisen, Schlingler, Frausch, and Baum." And Rose was like, "Oh, I was the flower girl at that wedding." And then she says, oh, but there weren't any flowers because of what happened to Old Man Smith. Which is funny to me because they take all the time to come up with a very, like, sort of Scandinavian-sounding name, like Sonja Steffert, Heisen, Feierland, Schringler, Baumstenstein. But, <laughs> but it's just Old Man Smith. Yeah. Like, they really, they were just like, we're going to put, we're going to put all of our energy into this one name and then just Old Man Smith. Yeah. Who was the town's only blacksmith and the town's only black man. Which. According to Rose. I mean, if you're gonna be a black man in a black in a white town, be a blacksmith, right? Because you're black. There's oh, there's not there. Like I see your dots, but they're not a connecting. Yeah, them. it's no. you could potentially say it would be <clears throat> an imp level of thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, this is happening. Um, Never living so that down. So Rose tells this incredibly long story that this is where I checked out. Because it was like, it was fine. She just tells this really long story about this wedding and whatever. And then there's actually a dissolve where even more time has passed. Yeah. And the woman... Uh, the woman t- is like, she enjoyed... Like, she's like, I don't know if... She has some hearing aid. And yeah, there's a whole hearing like, aid. She's like, I don't know if, if I'm enjoying the story or if the batteries on my hearing aid are running low. Whatever. And then the woman reveals that um, she is actually... Her daughter has died. You know what's funny? Because you <coughs> you kept telling me, you were like, wait, there's a thing here. There's like some sort of twist. Yeah, she's like a ghost or something. And I, well, that's what I thought because at yeah. the beginning of this recording, I for a moment thought I was a ghost. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I thought was actually going to happen was that Rose was going to be, you know, turn. she was going to say like, thank you, Rose. This has been a great Mother's Day. And then like Rose turns and the woman's gone. And yeah. then the guy at the front's like. We never saw like, a woman. Yeah, she's like, no, but she was this woman with the green scarf and the tweed outfit. And he'd be like, Oh, that's Myrna. She died five years ago, but Um. now and then people still think they see her ghost. That's where I thought maybe it was going, and I was really getting excited to... You were close, though. Her daughter's dead. Yeah. It was, that was sad. There was, that was a sad. lot of so sadness she, in this episode. She, um, she's going to visit her daughter's grave on Mother's Day. It's a thing that she does every year. But she is worried because she's fearing that the home that she escaped from to go visit her daughter's grave, they're, they're on to her and they know where she is. And, of course, just as she says she, this, she literally says... I ran away from the home, and I think they're going to find me. Enter a police officer with a very Minnesotan accent. Yeah, and he goes right to her, and he says her name. Well, to be fair, there's, like, one old lady in the place, so... Sure, but, like, they're just... I mean, has she escaped before? This is a, this is a question I have. Knows. He doesn't have a photo of her that he's looking at. Yeah. You know, if so he goes up to her, he says her name, and... And then he says, I'm so sorry, but you're going to have to come back to the home or whatever. Yeah. And then Rose says, oh, no, officer, you must be mistaken. This is my mother. Which come is on, sweet. mom. Which is very sweet. But if the cop has seen her before, he would go, oh, no, we know this woman, ma'am. I, I see that you're covering. That's very sweet and a kind thing for you to do, but I have to take her with me. If he hasn't seen her, he's not going in and, like, he should be asking for the woman's name. He just, like, 
beelines right for her and then just assumes that's the woman he's looking for. And she's sitting down on a bench talking to someone. Yeah, but don't Bogart Rose's moment, man. I'm just logic policing the police. No, don't. Don't. Let let Rose have it. Let it be namaste. It is very sweet that she sneaks her out and as they're in the doorway. I want to know where they go to after that. Do you think Rose takes her to the cemetery? I think probably Rose takes her to her family. Do you think Rose takes her home? Yeah. Don't you think she'd ask her if she'd want to stop by the cemetery first? Oh, I think, I, well, I think they do go to the cemetery at some point. But, the next day, because it's actually feeling, the night before Mother's Day. I have a feeling Rose took her in for that period of time. Rose I, took her in forever? Well, you know, to her family where she was going. Like, Rose seems like that type of woman mm-hmm. who would do something like that. So I think Rose took her to the cemetery at some point, but definitely took her to her so she could spend Mother's Day with her children. Yeah. And the, her, all 13 of them. Maybe she dropped her off at Sonia Steffer-Heisen first Mr. Frau's house. Or maybe she realized she's a fucking ghost. Maybe. Maybe the woman became a ghost later. We didn't yeah. see that part. Um, so we get back to the kitchen. Sophia's now getting very antsy. Because she needs some food. Because she's hungry. Um, the phone rings. So Dorothy says, you know, or the phone rings. Dorothy picks it up. Of course it's Michael. Because, the again, <coughs> they don't, they don't want to yes. waste time. Um, and then if you, it's funny. If you notice as the women are talking... Um, Dorothy's in the background talking to Michael, and it's like she's counting in her head, one, two, nod, nod, one, two, and we nod. And she just <laughs> is literally like, she's nodding, like on a loop. It's very yeah. funny. It's a dumb thing in the background. Um, so then we get into Sophia's Mother's Day flashback. Yes. Where um, we're back in Brooklyn. And Sal's on the couch with a, with a newspaper covering his face. Yes. And this is, of course, once again, we're seeing young Sophia, so Estelle Getty, with yeah. no old person makeup on. Is this the first time, we were trying to figure this out, is this the first time we actually see Sal, like, I physically? Think, I feel like there was a the, time that he in the walked. House I don't in think Brooklyn. we ever saw his face, but I think we saw his body <clears throat> walking out of the house. Oh, right, because he's like, I need beer, beer with my yeah. hair. Okay, so this isn't the first time. Yeah. Um, so they are talking about, um, uh, they want Sophia, Sophia wants her mother to move in with them because she's getting a little bit older. Um, and uh, at the door comes young Dorothy, played by Lynn Green, who, if you haven't yet listened to our interview with her on a past episode, please do. She was a lovely woman to talk to. Well, and she talked about this scene pretty in-depth. She talked about the scene, It was her second episode, Mm -hmm. her last episode, I think. And she, uh, she talked about how... A, terrified she was of pushing around Dorothy and or B. Arthur, and B, how B. Arthur wasn't happy with this day of work. She didn't want to look old. She didn't want to... She didn't thought the lines were strong. She didn't... There I was, think that part of the story maybe came from Mark Sotkin, if I'm not... No, I'm Lynn not was talking about was how terrified Lynn? she was because B was... Not particularly happy with the moment. Oh, I thought that I thought that Mark had told us more information about that scene. As I well. think he might have filled in a little bit more than she gave, but yeah. she definitely indicated that she was very nervous and she kept screwing up the the wheelchair walking in. Um, I think one time they said they uh, she was wheeling her in, and I think B bumped her elbow. Yeah, or something happened. Something happened. So like, and she was there was happy. lots of frustration on the set this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was really fun. To see, you know, Sophia playing young Sophia, or Estelle playing young Sophia, Lynn playing, you know, young yeah. Dorothy, and then B. Arthur playing Sophia's mother. It was we've like never this, seen. We've yeah. never seen before. And, um, and you know, and B. Arthur still looks great, but she's got, you know, 
They've got makeup on her to make her look a little bit older. She doesn't have any, like, bright colors on. She's got a wig on. Very gray, yeah. Um, you know, but she's also great playing playing Sophia's and mom. And she does a traditional setup where she tells a story and says, picture it. Something. Sicily, 1881. Yeah. She goes, a beautiful young peasant girl. And Sophia goes, not another story, mama. And then B. Arthur goes, Sophia, come here. And she slaps her. Sounded like a real slap. It sounded like a real slap. Also, you know how adorable it... B. Arthur sitting in a wheelchair. Same height. Same height as yeah. Estelle Getty standing, yeah. which was very sweet. Um, and then uh, Sophia, after she slaps her, Sophia goes over to young Dorothy. And she's like... Because she's like, Mommy, you're going to move in. And she's like, No, I'm not going to move in. Sal doesn't want me to move in. And they're arguing. They're arguing. And Sophia goes over to Dorothy and she goes, uh, Dorothy, if I ever do this to you, something like, I want you to take me out into a field and leave me there. <laughs> and Dorothy, and, and she just goes, can I get that in writing? And I noticed, like, in this episode in particular, Lynn Green's, like, the gestures, just the arms, the way that she holds her body yeah. was just so B. Arthur. It, it was... Lynn Green is... She really she did incredible such in a great job. Yeah. Um, so then Sal comes out and they do this whole funny thing where Sal's like, you're moving in. You don't want me to move in. No, I don't. But you're moving in. Ha! Ah, happy Mother's Day. It's like a real nice, just like yeah. Brooklyn Italian family yelling and she's going to move in and, and Even though it. like they all were Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> so we're now back to the kitchen scene. Yes. And Dorothy's still on the phone with Michael, and Sophia is getting hangry. Hangry. And so Dorothy goes, uh, Dorothy says, Michael wants to talk to you. Sophia picks up the phone, and she goes, hello, Michael. Have you eaten? Well, I haven't. Bye. And she hangs up the phone, <laughs> which is great, because I feel like have you eaten is such like a mom-grandma yeah. thing. Yeah. And uh, That's what my mother says to me all the time. When Even if I tell her I just had dinner, she's like... Well, you go home, you have your snack, go to sleep, rest. Yeah. And it's like, Mom, by your logic, I just will rest and eat all the time. Yeah. My mom's (laughs) the same way. Anytime I travel, she'll be like, take take something for the road, take snacks, take this, take that. You need a bottle of water, like that whole thing. It's so funny. I'm like, yeah, I'll take them, and then I never eat them. Um, Oh, I eat everything. I'll eat them sometimes. Um, So... The uh, the women, you know, Sophia's hungry. They're about to walk out, and Blanche is like, "Okay, I guess I guess Janet's not gonna call, you know." Mm. And the phone rings, and it's Janet. Blanche picks it up. That's, that's it. It's just Janet. That's, that's sweet, it. though. It's, it's sweet. She just goes, "Hi, Janet," and I was like expecting one of those like uh, some lines. I was tag. expecting yeah. more of a, an exchange between them, but all we hear and is this like, "This is the Hi, last Janet. episode of season three. Last episode. And then I love, though, that now, so now Blanche is the phone with Janet. Sophia's like, fuck it, I'm going to cook. She puts a pot on the stove. Dorothy comes over, and, and she's like, come on, Mom, you, you're making me feel guilty. And Sophia's like, it's Mother's Day. You celebrate your way, I'll celebrate mine. And that's the end of season three. It's cute. I mean, yeah. it is cute. It's cute. <laughs> and I mean, you know, on some level, like, they ended knowing people were going to watch regardless, so. Right. They were just know. like, yeah. But. It, it was. It, it was, was a good cute. episode. I, I like the. Everyone loves I like the, the flashback vignettes. episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the vignettes, and I like I said, Blanche's scene. It was just so touching. You said this wasn't the year she won an Emmy. No. So uh, Betty White won the first year. Rue McClanahan won the second year, and B. Arthur and Estelle Getty won for the third year, and mm-hmm. then that was the last time any of them won. But after that, I think they were all nominated for one more year, and then um, by, like, the fifth year, they all stopped being nominated, and Betty White was the only one that was nominated every year. 
Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But she definitely, I mean, if you think about it, like, she probably had the more literal comedic parts. They, sure. They all were funny, but, like, hers were always very sort of, like... Right, right. You know, slapsticky, And that gets the right. attention. That gets, you know, whatever. I guess. I guess. Um, Look at Kramer. Kramer won all those Emmys. Like, that's because he's Kramer. Like, he's just all over the place. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, the other ones didn't really get it that much. Elaine won once. Like, it's just not, you know, friends. Lisa Goodrow, she was, like, she won all those Emmys. Like, it's because of the wacky ones. It's the, ah. Yeah. There's all something right. about those characters, supporting characters. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That well, was fun. What's your takeaway from this, your golden takeaway? Man, I think that my golden takeaway uh, from this episode is um, if you think maybe you're sitting next to a ghost, ask mm. the person, are you a ghost? That's all. Very simple. Very simple. Yes, simple, but also potentially terrifying. Or maybe, maybe leading to an arrest. Maybe. Yes. Um, My golden takeaway from this episode is also related to the train scene. And it involves when you feel like someone may need help, you should help them. Because you never know when at some point in the future they may ask a friend to help them commit suicide. Right. Oh, that's what I was going to say before, is if that was the same character, if we could just assume she's the same character. I know it's not. But, you know, this is a woman who's dealing with the death of her daughter, so maybe that's why she wants to die. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. I'm just saying maybe... I feel you. if, If indeed it is the same character, which it's not, but if it was... I mean, it would, yeah... I see you. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Get what you're putting down. This Guys, was a good season. This, this was, was a good great season. season. This was a great season. And we have had, so this was our first season on HeadGum, and we have had so much fun, and we hope to continue to have so much fun, but we can't do that without you guys, and we thank you so much for listening. And, and before we go on any further, we should say, if you were going to be in the Los Angeles area so on June 4th, I couldn't even wait. Uh, we are going to be doing another uh, live episode of the podcast uh, in part of a celebration of the Be A Day coloring book by Mike Dennison. You guys know him. We post his stuff all the time. He's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Cuter Than an Inner Uterine. Yep. We have copies of it here now at H. Allen's apartment. We're very excited. I'm looking at three boxes of it it's, right now. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have special guests. We're going to have lots of fun Golden Girls. It's going to be like Golden Girls Con, yeah. basically. Yeah. So if you're in the Los Angeles area on Saturday, mm-hmm. Saturday, June 4th, it's 7, 7 p.m. p.m. It will be at free. the Nerdist showroom at Meltdown Comics. Free show. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, be bonkers, bonkers fun. And if you're not going to be in the LA area, tell someone that you know that is going to be in the LA area because it's going to be fun and they can have fun in lieu of you being there, but we wish you could be there. And that brings us to a really important next thing. Um, we love you guys for listening and this is the last episode of season three. So before we start season four, we were talking about on the last episode doing a fan episode where we talk with fans about this season, the podcast, whatever you want. In order to qualify for that we're going to be deciding this week who's going to be selected so in order to qualify you need to go to iTunes and you need to rate us and leave a review do both of those things rate and leave a review and then from the reviews that have been left in the last couple of weeks we're going to choose who we're going to speak with so if you want to be on this podcast 
leave a review and we'll talk with you about this last season and what's going to be potentially coming up for season four. Yes. Um, so that's going to be lots of fun. Uh, yeah, and I am H. Allen Scott. You can follow me at H. Allen Scott on everything. And I am Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. I'm Squidzy on Instagram. And you guys can, I'm of gonna course... I'm going to Snapchat her new hair, guys. Great. Oh, new, I have purple hair right she's now. New hair. I'll get in the picture, too. Oh. Aren't we going to just take hmm. a photo anyway? No, I'm just doing it for Snapchat. Guys, right. you can go to Snapchat and see this photo that we posted, because this is going up tomorrow. So if you're listening yeah. to this this now, you should go to my Snapchat story and see it, because it's Carrie and I. I look like... You look great. I look horrible. And you guys can follow the podcast on outonthelanai.com and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. We are at Pod on Twitter. We're still on Tumblr. Um, and it's, you guys have been leaving us so many amazing comments and messages on Facebook. So thank you so much. I pee my pants with joy every single time I read one of your amazing comments. Do you really? I really, I don't pee, but I just get really, really happy. If I'm ever having a really bad day and I read a comment from someone that's like, I just discovered your podcast. I love it. Like that's the thing. That is the thing that lifts my spirits. I agree. I do. uh, yeah, it's I love it so much. You guys are like Golden Girls fans are just fucking awesome. They're they're awesome and as the podcast grows, it's nice to like I mean, we were talking about beforehand how you're like, I never get recognized, but it is nice to like, you know, have people appreciate that your love for the Golden Girls. Yeah. And it's a mutual thing and it's nice and like people like I was saying, I walked into Big Gay Ice Cream in New York this past two weeks ago and people were just like, Oh yeah. They didn't there wasn't a crowd or anything, but it was like people who recognized people who worked there recognized us from the podcast. So it was nice. It was very hi guys at Big Gay Ice Cream in New York. Um it was it was nice and it was fun. And yeah. yay, ice cream. So, I ate some ice cream. I still had to pay for it. As you should very business. I'm a I'm a man of the people, so yeah. Anyway, bottom line guys, thank you so so much for all of your support. We can't say thank you enough. We absolutely love you and adore you. Yeah, and there's so much more coming up for season four. We're looking oh, yeah. at all we kinds got of things. Great episodes. Great episodes coming up. We are we are desperately trying to like put up an awesome new live show that's gonna come for the pick this episode for next season that we're gonna do. And maybe, maybe, maybe we can figure out ways to come to your hometown or take the show out of Los Angeles and go somewhere fun. Um so we'll be talking about ways that we're gonna try to do that mm-hmm. in the coming weeks. But in the meantime Stay golden. That was a good ending. I liked that. That was nice. That was a headgum podcast. Okay, I'm ready. One. Don't touch anything. It's very sensitive. Two. Oh, wait. What if I turn that down so then it's not so sensitive? No, it's still sensitive. Um, (coughs) I'm sorry. Three. (laughs) That's the longest one, two, three, ever. All right, ready? Yes. Picture it. Los Angeles, 2016. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you will ever need to listen to. I am H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this, oh my God, is we a can't podcast do this. We can't do where this. we talk about the Golden Girls. Nobody We're doing it. We're doing intro. it. We're oh talking about the Golden Girls. Or we watch an episode. See now, we know we get. We have to start over. This start will be over. Blooper reel. Um, start over. <laughs> it's because you were a ghost before. Uh, do you okay. want to just start a new thing? No, I want to use this as a blooper. Okay.
Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, put it at the end of the episode. I'm going to put that in. Great. There. No, put all of this. All let of it, it's Let in us there. continue. Yeah. Okay, ready? I'm doing it this time. One, a two, three.